This edition of the HTC AfriCast is sponsored by Logitech. Logitech's range of keyboards offer the sort of tactile experience that professionals have come to love. With a choice of GX and Roma G switches, Logitech mechanical keyboards give you that tactile feeling you need so that you don't need to look down to confirm you press the key. Whether you're in the final moments of a game trying to scoop the win or finishing up a project, there's a Logitech mechanical keyboard that meets your needs. Find out more on wootware.co.za. and welcome to another edition of the AfriCast. My name is Brendan Lotter and joining me as always is Clinton Matos. Hello again everybody. And Robin Lichetti. Howdy. Guys having a good week so far, end of October, fast approaching. It's so hot. <laughs> I can't believe it's going to get even hotter. I mean it's overcast in where I am in Joburg today, it's not overcast by you guys. It was, but as it's gone you know, deeper into the day, it's gotten more and more sunny in. Warm, warm, comfortable. <laughs> and yourself, Not Robin? Time. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This week seemed longer for some reason. I don't know why. Might um, be because we didn't have a public holiday. We didn't have a public holiday. Or maybe it's the anticipation of a public holiday on the 1st of November. Yes, speaking of which, uh, my political party, again, our platform will be one public holiday a week <laughs> for the entire year. For the that's, entire that's year. Our only, that's our only issue. Do we alternate uh, on Mondays and Fridays? Yeah, we'll do one week Monday, one week Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so so oh, Okay, all right. That's, that's, you a, know, that's a ballad I can get behind. You know, we're laughing like it's some impossible dream, but a lot of countries, well, at least a lot of smaller companies are, are moving to four-day weeks. So it's, it's not even a completely unreasonable political stance to have. Um yeah, I'm just hoping by the time we were uh, fossils, that, uh, <laughs> people finally have four-day work weeks. Man, can you imagine it? I can't. I just, I can't. Such I, an alien I, concept. Yeah, four days of work and then three days of uh, weekend. Imagine how much activities you could get done. So much room for activity. <laughs> right, let's get on <laughs> to the news of the week. Uh, this week, Samsung announced a cupboard. I guess we can call it. It's, it's basically an airing cupboard um, that jets air over your clothes and sanitizes them. Uh, it's it's really small. It makes use of something called jet air system and air hangers that essentially use jets of air to loosen and remove ingrained dust from deep within the fabric. Uh, I don't know what that means. Usually when I wash my clothes, I'm, I'm hopeful that all the dust has been removed from them. Otherwise, I haven't done a very good job of washing my clothes. Anyway, if you're the sort of person that feels like your clothes could do with a bit more extra uh, cleaning once they're cleaned, uh, the air dresser, as Samsung calls it, will cost you a cool 32,999 rand. Um, I don't know why anybody would want this. I don't know why Samsung released this. Uh, it's just a really weird thing, right? I like if you don't know what an airing cupboard is so it's a big thing in the uk where they have their uh their geezer in a cupboard and the heat there that's generated by the geezer was well, i think they call it a boiler over there i'm not entirely sure i'm not a man of the world um the the heat that's generated from the geezer will, will dry your clothes over time or 
like dry out uh, towels that might be a little bit damp. Uh, so this is a similar concept, except it costs 32,999 Rand, which I'm pretty sure you could get a geezer for and uh, install that in your clothing cupboard. And then you'll have double the hot water, probably double I'm pretty the sure for that amount, well. I could buy a car and uh, <laughs> take my clothes for a drive with the windows or the air conditioning. Uh, so... It's, it's just, a, just ridiculous. It's one who of those products it? where you're just like, who needs this? Like, who wants this? And in all of Samsung's marketing material for this product, it shows these uh, big open cupboards uh, yeah. with where clearly somebody who is way more well-off than I am uh, has arranged all their clothing really, really nicely on their terraced balcony. Uh, it's just a really weird product. And for it to come to South Africa is just even stranger to me. I just want to know how many people are going to buy this. Didn't Samsung say, like, we got the first generation of folding phones because there wasn't a big market for that kind of expensive tech? Initially, yes. And now they've got a 40,000 Rand cupboard. And they're like, I'll send it to South Africa. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird one. If you want to buy this for whatever reason, uh, it's available in South Africa uh, on the Samsung website, um, yeah, you can choose an option to pay three thousand rand over twelve months for it. Um, I, I recommend getting a cheap fan and pointing it at your cupboard. Probably get the same effect. Yeah, just we just should, a uh, really weird one. We should ask for a review unit. Oh, <laughs> not my keep, goodness! Not no, thank keep, you. Just to, to, just to actually write a review. How how would you even review something like that with like a microscope to check how much dust there was on your clothes before and after you put them in? Going to be like a one sentence story. (laughs) I think the crazy part of that though is it wouldn't be the most expensive thing we've ever reviewed from Samsung. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of a TV, of course. It might not even be the most expensive thing we've reviewed, given we've touched on motor vehicles, hundred thousand rand notebooks. All that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's just a weird thing that I don't think is going to sell very many units, but I'm happy to be proven wrong. Uh, Let's move on. Robin, this week Apple announced some new uh, silicon. Yeah, that's right. So on Monday evening, our time, uh, Apple had a, a, I guess, a silicon-focused event. They, I guess their foundry is now growing. Uh, Last year they had the M1. Uh, which, uh, generally speaking, has uh, has been warmly received by a, a lot of the Apple community. And now that range is expanding with the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. So those are two new iterations with, within its uh, silicon family. And Apple are touting some big things with regards to these chipsets. Um, they, uh, I guess they're known for kind of doing that. Uh, they did the same kind of song and dance around the M1. Uh, and a similar kind of uh, event took place on Monday evening. Um, as far as the uh, capabilities of the M1 Pro and M1 Max, uh, in general, the silicon is up to 70% faster in terms of CPU performance compared to the M1. Uh, more specifically, uh, they're also noting that the GPU in the M1 Pro is two times faster than the M1, and the M1 Max, which is, I guess, the more flagship of the two offerings, it's uh, four times faster than the M1. So lots of times faster uh, mm-hmm. than the M1. And uh, they're kind of touting these uh, chipsets uh, specifically at content creators, but on a professional level. So people that are working with a lot 
visuals um, that are doing a lot of, I guess, intensive work and they need a chipset to kind of complement that. Um, alongside the M1 Pro and M1 Max, Apple also debuted a new MacBook Pro. Um, and there are going to be iterations of uh, each of those new pieces of silicon for this uh, MacBook Pro. We don't have uh, local pricing and availability yet. That said, the My iStore uh, website does note that on 5th November, more information around the MacBook Pro will be revealed. Uh, we're not sure at this stage whether that is just pre-order status or whether it'll be available to purchase in-country on that date. Hopefully some more information will arrive next week. But to, I guess, give you a rough idea of pricing, um, there's going to be a 14-inch and a 16-inch variant on this uh, new MacBook Pro. Uh, the 14-inch starts at $1,999, which is uh, for all intents and purposes, roughly 29,000 Rand. Mm. And then the 16-inch variant starts at $2,499, which is around about just under 37,000 Rand. So as always with Apple hardware, it doesn't come cheap. Um, <laughs> that's never going to change with regards to how the company kind of does it goes about its business. But the really interesting, or at least for me, the most interesting part about this new MacBook Pro is that ports are back. So... If you were living the dongle life, as I have been for a few years now, uh, and you hate it, as I do, uh, there might be a reason to get the Macro Pro, and it might purely just be for the ports. And also the return of the MagSafe charging system, which for my money is still one of the best charging systems on a notebook that you can find uh, out there. So some uh, new hardware on the way. Uh, hopefully the pricing isn't too crazy. Um, we might have to go the trade-in route. Uh, I think a lot of people might have to go the trade-in route if they are looking to upgrade to these new MacBook Pros. And hopefully some uh, more information with regards to pricing arrives next week or on 5th November when uh, my store is going to hopefully yep, make them available to South African uh, consumers. So I saw that Apple got rid of its little... Uh, I don't even know what to call it. The... Uh, the little bar, the smart bar. The touch bar, yeah. Yeah, that thing. Why did they get rid of that? I thought everybody was using it and it was the, the future of computing. Yeah, look, okay, we make mistakes. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes we're just so courageous, we actually make oh, mistakes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really think that that was a massive misstep from Apple and it pushed a lot of people away from their pro series of MacBooks. Um, I, I just thought that was silly. Like nothing will ever beat a physical key, especially on a notebook. Like that thing just looks super fiddly. It looked cool, granted, but I mean, how functional was it? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm actually using one on my own MacBook Pro and I essentially just turned that functionality off. It's, mm. it, and what I really hated was the fact that uh, I think there, there were two lineups that featured the touch bar i think the first range you could get one get a macbook pro without the touch yeah. bar and the 2019 models it was across the board locally which really sucked because you kind of left with this white elephant <laughs> on your on your notebook it's, it's cool to show friends clinton sorry you wanted to say something yeah. are you telling me that the biggest um the biggest features of this new reveal is that they're bringing back stuff that they removed in the past yes for me, it is. For me, it definitely is. Isn't that business 101 where you create a product and you slowly remove features over time and then sell them back? I mean, yeah. Did, did, oh, while we're on the topic of this, did you see the, the absolute breakout star of that announcement, though? 
the $19 cloth that you must use to clean your MacBook. I did what? Yeah, yeah. Apple is selling an official like lint-free cloth for $19 to clean your MacBook. And it's hilarious because you know that in a few months when it's out or whenever it's out, people are going to use it and then they're going to say it's the best, the best cleaning cloth in yeah. the world and nothing else can come close. And if you use anything else to clean your MacBook stuff, you've, you void your warranty or something. <laughs> imagine that. They have the camera activated at all times to make sure you're not using um, a third-party uh, cloth. Third, yeah, third-party cleaning agents on your, on your computer. My God. If you told me this stuff like 10 years ago, I'd call you insane. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. on. Clitzer, what have you got for us this week? I've got something that would have sounded ridiculous 10 years ago, but is actually <laughs> really good to hear. On and trend. It does, on trend. Yeah, it's not dystopian and makes me want to cry. God of War, it's coming to PC. Uh, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, a while ago, Sony announced that they were going to make this big push to put uh, PlayStation exclusives on PC. But a lot of people are like, yeah, whatever, it's lip service. And also the first game that they announced for it was uh, uh, Days Gone, which a lot of people like, but it wasn't a real system seller. But God mm-hmm. of War definitely is a game that a lot of people like and a lot of po- people bought systems for. And it's coming to PC. So I just want to <laughs> temper expectations here. This is the 2018 game. It's not the original God of War. Um, I know a lot of people want those first three God of Wars on PC, but, you know, maybe in the future. And kind of overnight, they just said, here's the Steam page. You know, poke around. Here it is. Um, it is coming out. Sorry, I just said the date 14th here. January. Thank you. I put it at the end of the story. <laughs> Silly me. And uh, another great thing about it is that South Africa actually has some favorable pricing for once. Um, the price overseas is fifty dollars, uh, forty nine ninety nine, and if you convert that, it comes to five hundred. Uh, comes to seven hundred twenty one rand and seventy cents, and that doesn't even include tax. But in South Africa, with localized pricing and tax included, it's only five hundred and ninety nine. Um, you should never pre-order, but it's it's really nice to see that we got some localized pricing. And um, uh, another site put out the story when this was announced that it was saying it's crazy that not only do we have this, but Microsoft itself has put um, Halo on PCs. You can play Halo and God of War on one machine legally, which is it's bizarro land. No one could have um, saw, saw this coming. But it makes sense from a Sony point of view because these games have become so expensive and I don't think they are getting the return on investment that they want to see, especially with the PS5 still being out of stock most of the time. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. And it's one of the only times that a company being greedy is actually benefiting the consumer because they're yeah. giving us this option to experience these games. Um, something else that's really interesting too is that uh, it will come with all the like the small piece of DLC release so far, and then a lot of skins. They they give you one, two, three, four, five different skins for your shield, oh, that's which cool. is yeah, it's weird. Um, and the two last things I want to mention is that we don't have um PC specs yet. The only thing that they have written here is that you need Windows 10 and DirectX, which uh, I mean everybody knows that. Mm. But the only thing that we know is that you need 80 gigabytes of storage, but that could change um and we also have nvidia coming out and saying it will have four it will have a dlss and nvidia reflex and um oh, 4k unlock frame rates ultra wide support for 21 by 9 all very nice pc features which is why you get stuff on pc so looking forward to this i think we've all played got this god of war if i'm not mm. mistaken 
Yeah. Um, and we've discussed it in podcasts, and we all agree it's it, it's like one of the best games ever made. So for it to be coming out on PC is crazy. I would be really excited for this if I didn't already borrow a PS5 at one point and play it. Um, but I can imagine a lot of people don't have that luxury, or even a PS4, to just enjoy this game without getting PlayStation hardware. So we'll put links to everything that we've mentioned, and you can go click around on the Steam page, and I think a lot of people are adding it to their wish lists for next year. Next year is so stacked with releases on every platform. My January God. and February. So uh, I think the advice here is don't spend your December bonus check. Yeah. Save it for 2022. Yeah. Uh, because, man, the release schedule for next year is getting packed. Um, something I'm interested to see is the uh, the recommended specifications, or rather the minimum specifications for God of War on PC. Um, considering the game ran on a, a PlayStation 4, I'm hoping that it's not too extreme. Like, I know there's the 4K and DLSS and all that sort of fun stuff, but uh, it would be really nice if you don't need to have, like, the absolute latest hardware in order to run this game. Hopefully that's the case. Even on a base PS4, it looked really good. Yeah. Um, and when I played it on PS5, I think I set it to... I can't remember. I think I set it to the highest fidelity with 60 FPS. Mm. I can't remember what that setting was called. But man, it looked good. And I, was, I wasn't playing it in 4K. Uh, I don't have a 4K TV. But even at... Um, you know, a high resolution kind of brought down to 1080p. It looks so good. Man, this is a stun of a game. Um, all the PlayStation, well, not all of them. So uh, Horizon Zero Dawn also looked really great, but it really had a lot of performance issues yeah. on launch. So hoping it's not a similar story here. Again, we'll have to see. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, but again, the game came out quite a while ago. So I'm quietly hoping that it's going to be uh, nice and stable. But we'll have to see. The Logitech G513 offers a choice of GX Brown or GX Blue switches, each offering a different experience for gamers and typists. The GX Browns are smooth and silent, perfect for those in an office or streamers. The GX Blues offer a clicky sound that many love not only for the sound, but the tactile feeling of the keys. Shop the Logitech G513 on wootware.co.za. All right, moving on to the meat and potatoes of this week's AfriCast. Uh, if you didn't know, Donald Trump is starting his own social media platform. Yay! Am I the only one cheering? Is nobody else cheering? <laughs> uh, I'm being facetious, of course. I am being very facetious. Uh, I am not excited about this at all, especially considering the name of this social media platform. It's called Truth Social. Uh, it, it, it's an interesting one, I think. Uh, Robin, you covered the story. Do you want to, do you want to jump us off and give us a little bit of info about what this is about? Yeah. So as you may know, uh, Donald Trump and big tech firms and social media platforms really butted heads several times during the 2020, uh, US presidential campaign, um, so much so that he was eventually suspended off of, uh, Facebook and Twitter. And that was almost uh, a lightning rod as far as his uh, supporters were concerned. And uh, many tinfoil hats were placed on heads and kind of framed it in terms of big tech and social media having it out for Donald Trump. And then he lost the presidency. Um, he's been licking his wounds uh, and has also been holding several rallies 
in the U.S. as he still tries to fight or contest the presidential election results. Um, I'm not too sure how that process is going, considering Joe Biden is sitting in the White House right now. Um, but yeah, he's launched this new platform called True Social. Um, it is officially launching in 2022. There is no precise date, so it could be Jan 2022. It could be December 2022. We don't know yet, but there is a landing page, and you can join a waitlist, uh, and it looks like uh, iOS is being tapped up as the first uh, ecosystem where it will be available as an app. Uh, and we don't have a lot more information other than a little blurb on the landing page. On the landing page, we'll get into the terms of service a bit later on. Um, but the the blurb says, "Truth Social is America's big tent social media platform that encourages an open, free, and honest global conversation without discriminating against political ideology." So everyone's gonna everyone's gonna win bigly when it comes to this thing. What does um, tent mean? I've heard the term tent pole. I've never heard the term. Big tent. It's a Trumpism, dude. <laughs> is it? Did he make that up, or is that some like uh, Silicon Valley bro talk that I'm not familiar with? I've never heard big tent. Never. Neither have I. Uh, it's used in reference to a political party's policy of permitting or encouraging a broad spectrum of views amongst its members. Okay, I've I've never heard of it. Maybe I don't read enough political stuff because uh, I like to be not an unhinged maniac, but. Uh, yeah, never heard of that. Yeah, it's a big tent. You can have your you can have your Proud Boys and your supremacists. And Q. And QAnon. Oh, Don't forget Q. A nice, nice big tent for all those people. Yeah, so that's kind of uh, the little information we have about the about True Social at this stage. And, and yeah, I think that probably can lead us into the other points of conversation. Yeah, so I think let's start with... Uh, how we all feel about how this is going to go down. So um, I think we can all agree that the biggest social media platforms at the moment are Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm sure I'm missing one somewhere. Let's use those as a basis. So with the exception of TikTok, all of those services have been around for a long time. I think TikTok is possibly the newest. Um, but even before then, it was another app known as Music Musically, I believe it yeah. was called. Um, but all of these big social media platforms have been around for at least a decade at this point. Uh, and I think that a lot of their success comes from that experience of being around for such a long time. Like the early days of Twitter were the wild, wild west. I remember when I first joined, I think it was in like 2009, uh, you could pretty much do and say everything, everything and anything. Uh, Facebook was a little bit more uh, closed off, a little bit more strict on what you could post, but Twitter was the wild, wild west. And to a large extent, it, it sort of still is, although the uh, the terms of service have been refined over time and uh, Twitter's policies have also been refined over time. That goes for most social media platforms. Um Trump getting into this gives me strong Gab and Parler vibes uh, where it's like we don't like what's been happening to the far right or the right wing, so we're going to go and do our own thing. And I think when you look at services like Gab and Parler and the spotted history that they have, as short as it is, um, I wouldn't trust this social media for one second. Um Apparently, I've read a couple of reports where the website is already being defaced, even though you can't even create an account. Uh, I've seen reports that folks have already started impersonating Donald Trump and Mike Pence on the site. So that's not going well. 
Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just not sure how this is going to go down. Uh, there's also the matter of like, oh, you're going to relaunch Twitter? Is that what you're going to do? But Twitter already exists. Yeah, you got kicked off of it, but yeah. Um, Clinton, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, what oh, are you boy. thinking about so this? Many thoughts. Well, I, I did some reading of those terms and services, which we'll talk about in a bit. But uh, just, just off the top, it seems like an awful idea. Um, because even if it launch, even if it even if it launches and works as intended, that is just a bad idea because it's going to be a giant echo chamber. It's it's hilarious that one of the worst outcomes for this is it everything working as intended. Um, oh boy! Uh, hey Trump, if you if you let me have a gift as my profile picture, I'll join. Remember <laughs> when you could do that on Twitter? Yeah, Man, the good old days, the wild ways. Um, yeah, and there's there's so little information about it. I also have to wonder is like. Is this too late? I know Trump had, still has a lot of ardent fans, but I, I see a lot of them kind of went against him after he lost, um, you know, when there's blood in the water and all of mm. that. And also, you mentioned Pence. Didn't, didn't Pence and Trump fall out? Um, speaking of that guy? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did have a bit oh, of a so fallout. I know he's kind of eligible to run again um, in 2024, which is a terrifying prospect, <sighs> and I need to get my bunker built before then. But... Is this too late? Does does anyone really care? I know a lot of um, a lot of people on both sides of the political spectrum still keep up with him, but I think a lot of those people are doing it for the uh, for the fun of it, <laughs> not really because yeah. they have a legitimate interest in what he has to say. So I feel like this is a bit too late. I think if halfway through his presidency he started this and then he moved all of his communication there, I think that would have been the prime time to do it. But then again, we've spoken about this on the podcast before, that falling out that he had with Facebook, sorry, with Facebook and Twitter, like uh, Robin mentioned right at the top, that happened when he was already halfway out the door of the White House, when all of his negative impact was already done and all the negativity was already out there. So, yeah, a little too late, I think. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about that. Robin, your thoughts? Um, I'm in two minds about it, really. Uh, obviously, I think it's a terrible idea as far as people trying to join it. Uh, I, I, I'm not too sure what the angle is, purely because, um, as, we, as we mentioned, there aren't enough firm details as to how engagement will work, uh, how the community will be moderated, all those kind of really bigger important question like who's going to host it for example which i'm sure we'll talk about shortly mm. um so from that perspective as an idea i don't like it that said it could be i feel i think it could be a really shrewd move just not only one in terms of keeping yourself in the conversation for a potential run in 2024 uh but it also helps to almost rile up that ardent supporter base who uh, don't mind an echo chamber. The echo chamber is probably what they want. And we've seen a recent resurgence in, as far as QAnon is concerned uh, at recent uh, Trump rallies. So I think there is a community that would want to use a service like this. And if uh, some media allies of the Trump cause kind of rally behind it, I think it could potentially do well. But if it does well, that's bad for everyone else. And as much as I hate to admit it, everyone doubted Trump uh, when he initially ran for presidency. Everyone said this is a joke. 
Everyone said, yep. <laughs> why would this guy who's got a failed university and failed steak business run, run the, the most powerful country in the world? And he ended up doing it. And I, I, I don't want to sound, well, I don't want to make Trump sound greater than he is, but I think you really play with fire if you start to doubt Trump mm. uh, because that, that's almost how he, he's been his entire life. People have doubted him. And for some or every reason, he's managed to stay in the spotlight uh, for better or worse. Yeah, I think you raise a good point there, Robin, about the fact that he's, I mean, he is a big name and he kind of inspires uh, coverage of whatever he's doing. I mean, he's not the US president anymore, but yet now here we are talking about Truth Social. Um, <clears throat> however, I think that's also endemic of what's happening in the wider world uh, with social media and, and that sort of thing. Um, the new social media platform is always interesting to look at. Uh, I do, however, kind of see this going the same way as Gab and um, Parler, where it's it's kind of a, a joke. They they don't have that big of a user base, and when they do sort of pop up in the news, it's usually because of a data breach or something to that effect, um, which kind of leads into the next thing that I wanted to to mention, and you mentioned it very briefly, Robin, was about the uh, the hosting of the site. So. We saw earlier this year with Parler, um, they were kicked off of AWS's environment uh, based off the fact that they were really, really bad at policing their own platform. Um, and despite having rules against death threats and hateful content, um, that stuff was sc scattered throughout that social platform. Um, and I don't know who Trump is going to approach to host this. Uh, and I know a lot of people are going to point to uh, Epic Hosting, who took over hosting responsibilities for Parler. Um, Epic was hacked in September, uh, and it was a rather large breach. Uh, and it showcased that that platform just simply didn't hash their passwords. They didn't take security seriously at all. Um, this is in addition to uh, a hack that happened earlier this year. So, I mean... I don't really know if these folks understand how big of a deal security is and whether they are aware of of what provisions need to be put in place. Like for all Mark Zuckerberg's faults, the fact of the matter is that he was a nerd studying uh, software development when he created Facebook. So he knew and was aware of the fact that you needed to exercise proper security. He understood things like server loads and accounting for large influx of people. Do I trust that Trump and his advisors know what about that sort of stuff? I'm sure they do. Are they capable of, of addressing those issues before they become issues? I don't really know, and I'm not entirely certain, especially given what we've seen from the likes of Parler and Gab in, in recent months. Uh, they, they get a little bit, a modicum of popularity and their websites go down. Um, can assuage your fears right now? Yeah. I have a son. He's 10 years old. He has computers. Oh. He's with these computers. Okay. Unbelievable. The security aspect of Cypher is very, very tough. <laughs> and maybe it's hardly doable. My Lord. <laughs> what about the Cypher, Brendan? His 10-year-old has a laptop. I'm sure he can host the... The thing i'm sure you, probably, you can the the, the the problem is is that do you really want that person responsible for I, all of your data i just had like a, a vivid scene in my imagination of his son who's 
by all accounts a very normal human being hosting like a Minecraft server for his friends. And one day his dad comes in and asks him to put the entire website on that <laughs> Minecraft server. I just I saw it, the whole the whole of the Truth website just running in like a ten year old or thirteen year old's like uh, his cupboard next to his underwear. He's got the the Minecraft server and he's got the the entirety of that uh, platform. Uh so so where do we think Trump is going to go to host social uh, Truth Social? Robin, your your bets. Uh, well, considering he's alienated a lot of big tech firms, he can't look at the hyperscalers. So Microsoft Azure is out the question, as is AWS, probably. Yeah. Uh, Google as well, uh, probably out the question. So I really don't know. He's going to have to look at some kind of mom and pop kind of operation or something really small. Or, yeah, I'm not too sure what he's going to do, genuinely. And yourself, Clinton, any bets aside from the Minecraft server? Aside from the Minecraft server, I mean... With enough money, you can brute force mo- uh, most things. Um, yeah, I think most experts in the field um, will tell you that having your own servers and trying to host a big company, a big platform, is not advisable. But I mean, you, you can just do that. You can just spend a lot of money and set up your own servers and hire people to do it for you. Yeah, um, it's not cost effective and it doesn't scale to huge uh, volumes, but I mean, you can do it. There's nothing really stopping him, even though there's a lot of reports saying he doesn't have that much money on hand anymore. But, uh, I mean, maybe if he send out newsletters to all his followers saying, please give me $10 so I can buy some epic servers. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Um, so, yeah, with enough money, you can brute force it. But that's the worst way to do things, usually. Yeah, I mean... So I, th- I think we should point out that Facebook and Twitter do use their own infrastructure. I'm sure uh, stuff like YouTube does as well. Um, just because it's easier to do it that way and you're not at the behest of something like AWS going down because of a DDoS attack or something to that effect. Not that AWS, I mean, these platforms all have protections uh, in place to to kind of mitigate DDoS attacks. So, <clears throat> I mean... Yeah, there there is a possibility that you could do it yourself. However, I do say this knowing full well that Facebook and Twitter didn't start using their own servers uh, to begin with. They they rented them out, um, and then eventually moved to using their own infrastructure. Um, the other side of this that I think we that needs to be addressed is uh, the sort of war that's happening on social media and big tech in general in the U.S. Uh, we've seen over the last couple of years, big tech has been brought before the Senate and Congress, sometimes with hilarious questions being asked, um, and sometimes with some really important stuff that's been happening, excuse me, uh, such as uh, the Facebook whistleblower, which we spoke about in a podcast earlier this month. Um so I, that's another thing that's kind of concerning me is that does Trump believe that by starting a social network that's new and different, quote unquote, to the other social networks that he will be immune from any sort of uh, laws that come into place from social networks or for social networks in the US? Because, I mean, by jo- by starting a tech company, you are effectively joining the ranks of big tech, whether you like it or not. Um and I mean, uh, maybe I'm I'm uh, I'm bragging him up, building him up here a little bit by saying that he would fall under the same category as as Facebook at all. But yeah, do you, do you think that he's cognizant of that, or do you think he just doesn't care? And it's, well, I'm going to do my own thing, and whatever Joe Biden says, I'm not going to listen to because he's not my president. 
don't think he's uh, cognizant of that stuff at all. Um, does he? Even I mean, know... he called for it though. Does he called he for big know... tech to be looked at. Does he even know about the the European laws where he can get massive fines for mishandling data? Um, is probably he just going not. to not allow Europeans on his platform? He'll probably want as many people using it as possible. And wouldn't saying that Europeans can't come on my platform be against the whole reason that he's making this to be open to everyone? Um, I don't think he knows about all of that. Uh, I mean, we're just presuming here. Um, presumption is sometimes dangerous, but you know we can do the best with the information we have. Yeah. I don't think he's a hundred percent cognizant of all of that. If you ask me, Robin. Yeah, he's probably uh, not giving too much credit for taking a startup approach and hoping he can just bootstrap things as he goes. Um, he'll probably quickly be found out, as you mentioned, uh, when he has to worry about things like uh, data um, and privacy. Uh, yeah, so if anything, probably now the regulators and watchdogs are going to be taking a very, very uh, stern view uh, over what truth, social does if 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 it's ever spun up next year yeah so we've been talking a lot about the terms of service i think it's i think it's pertinent to now address those so the uh truth social website is up at the moment uh you can pre-register it's exclusively for ios and before folks ask why is it only exclusively for ios well in the u.s the biggest uh the market share of uh, of smartphones is held by Apple. Um, just to look at most recent figures, according to Statista, the iPhone 12 accounts for 12% of the market, iPhone 11, 8%, iPhone 12 Pro, 8%, uh, the iPhone SE 2020, 5%, and an Apple iPhone 12 Pro Max. So the top five is is Apple iPhones. I'm pretty um, sure it's also because Trump uses an iPhone. <laughs> probably. And I mean, his best friend is Tim Apple, as we know, calls him Tim Apple. So I mean... <laughs> Clearly, they, they're best buds. Um, but the terms of service, there's a lot that's really normal there. Like uh, you're not allowed to systematically retrieve data from the site or you're not allowed to access uh, the website without authorization uh, and collect usernames or email addresses and all that sort of stuff. But then there are some really weird ones. Uh, for instance, there is one here saying you are not allowed to attempt to impersonate another user or person or use the username of another user. Uh, so that's confusing for one because generally when you create a username, you have that username. Um, I know because I wanted to get my name as a Twitter username and it was already taken uh, by a photographer in Canada. If you are listening to this, Brendan, please give me my name back. Um, Somebody also owns Clinton Matos, which yeah. uh, annoys me to no end. <laughs> like once. Uh, yeah. So uh, the fact that you can't impersonate another user or attempt to impersonate another user, which is something that gets done a lot on Twitter in terms of like parody accounts. Um, sure. There is, we can argue that uh, sometimes parody accounts aren't labeled as such and spread misinformation, but good parody accounts that follow the terms of service label themselves as parody accounts. Right? So the fact that outright truth social says you are not allowed to impersonate another person and uh, or you or use the username of another user just strikes me as odd. Um, you also aren't allowed to like sell or transfer your accounts, which also seems a bit weird, especially if you're running like a brand account. Are you then exempt from transferring your accounts to somebody else if you leave that brand, or how does that work? 
I just thinking about outside the box here, it, it's very strange. But I think the one that really made me laugh was section 23 of the uh, the improper conduct or prohibited activities section, uh, which reads, as a user of the site, you agree not to disparage, tarnish, or otherwise harm, in our opinion, us and all the site. So essentially, by doing this podcast and mocking uh, Truth Social, we are now banned, hopefully, from uh, <laughs> Truth Social. Um so yeah, maybe don't use your hypertext email when you sign up for Truth Social, guys. Um, you say when and not if. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> a it, it's a really weird one to me because what does that mean essentially? Does that mean that if I go and say or go onto this this website and say, "Oh man, the the user interface is really terrible," banned or I go and say, well, you know, I wish that they would invest more in their private messaging. Banned. Like, is that what's going to happen here? If you say anything bad about this, you're just going to get banned? Doesn't really seem like the, what was it? The the big tent social media platform that encourages open, free, and honest global conversation, as long as it's not about our website. Is that the... Uh, what? I think I've been... I haven't read a lot of legal documents, but I don't think I've ever seen the word "in our opinion." Uh, sorry, the phrase, not the word. Yeah, I I've never seen that. <laughs> I do wonder how far that stretches, though. So you can't uh, say anything bad about the site, but can you say anything bad about Trump? Because well, uh, I, I reckon they'll probably ban you for that as well. I mean, yeah, it's because it's opinion, us. Right? No, no, yeah, yeah. But it's us. They include us and all the sites. So you could, if you think that the developer is a real POS. And you say that, the developer could be like, ban him, Trump. Ban him and don't let him come back. I like that uh, imagery that Trump is actually sitting like in the server room with just <laughs> several computers full of code. And when the higher-ups want to ban someone, they have to go to Trump to, to do it. He's got a big red button on his uh, programmer desk. I mean, the other side of this as well is that you can't – you're not allowed to copy or adapt the site software. Um I mean, that's pretty normal. You can't harass, annoy, intimidate, or threaten any of our employees or agents engaged in any portion of the site to you. I, this just seems like Donald Trump is is creating a, 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 a cotton blanket with which to surround himself, and any criticism will just bounce off of that blanket because now he owns his own website. It, it's just... It's ironic to me that he doesn't see that... He's just creating Twitter, but Twitter where it's only what I'm allowed to say and everybody else is wrong. Honestly. And I mean, Trump already has that on DonaldJTrump.com. He has a new section where he basically posts statements uh, labeled statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States of America. The latest one, which reads, the insurrection took place on November 3rd, election day. January 6th was the protest. I mean, right? yeah, 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 yeah. He posted that yesterday, saying the insurrection took place on November third, election day. January sixth was the protest. Was the protest? But I mean, it's all unhinged statements like this from him, like short, little, almost tweet-worthy things. Because he can't tweet them, he now posts them to his website, where if you care, you can go and read up on them. Um, I don't think anybody cares because he's now had to create this uh, this website. Um, yeah, it's just 
it, it really strikes me as odd that it's about, oh, we want to have freedom and all this sort of stuff, but then you're not allowed to criticize us. Uh, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to do things. You're not allowed to like say, oh, there's a problem with this website. Oh, you can't even use bots. You are not allowed to create bots uh, for this website, right? I saw that as well. So you, you can't engage in any automated use of the system, such as using scripts to send comments or messages or using any data mining robots or similar data gathering and extraction tools. And bots can be really useful on Twitter, um, as seen by things like uh, the, the Unthread app, which will create a single tweet uh, of a thread for you to look at or bots that download videos for you. So, I mean, is that just – is Donald Trump just making worse Twitter? It's just going to, you know what it's going to be, you know, when you create a, a Google doc and uh, you invite people and everyone can edit the same document uh -huh. in real time, it's just going to be that. It's just going to be a giant word document with thousands of users in it at the same time. And you can just type whatever you want. That's what it's going to be. Um, I want to talk about two sections um, quickly while we talk about the terms of services. Like I said, I didn't read it all, but I did read some important parts. Um, this one's interesting. Wave of class action. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to read it out because uh, legal speak just sounds weird when you talk about it. But basically, it's saying that uh, if you uh, participate in this app, you can't take part in any class action lawsuits. Um, again, none of us are lawyers while we talk about this legal stuff. And even if we were lawyers, um, we wouldn't be American lawyers. So yeah. as we discuss this, just keep that in mind. But I, I wanted to bring it up because as far as I understood it, you can't do that uh the only uh, again as far as i understand it the only way you can waive your right to a class action lawsuit is if you accept a settlement in a lawsuit that's already going on mm -hmm. again they might be incorrect it's as far as i understand it that's how it works um yeah so if for whatever reason uh you and a few other users want to sue this platforms for whatever reason uh you can't because according to the tos uh that's against the rules so you enjoy I do know that Discord uh, used to have a, a clause like that in its terms of service. However, Discord came out and explained why it had that uh, in place and was to stop, uh, I'm, I'm just going to call it improper litigation. There is a, another term for it. Uh, but it's essentially just people constantly creating class action lawsuits against the company. Um, if you do have a grievance, you can approach the company directly uh, and, you know, sort it out with them uh if it goes to a court it goes to a court if it needs lawyers it needs lawyers um so it's it's not all that strange but it does yeah. raise up uh concerns right i mean you don't want to by signing up to a website kind of say oh well i'm not going to i'm going to waive all of my my class action uh rights although i think that that also might be limited to the u.s uh, I don't think that they have the jurisdiction to just say, well, you rave, waive your rights in other countries. Um, then again, Donald Trump doesn't strike me as the type of person that cares much what other, other companies think. Um, uh, the other part I wanted to discuss um, is the part about user data, because that's very interesting. So it says we, okay, I'm just going to read this part verbatim because it's very important. We will maintain certain data, such as your email address, that you transmit to the site for the purpose of managing the site. Also, whenever they write the word site, it's got a capital S, which mm -hmm. is just strikes me as weird. Anyway, as well as data relating to use of the site. Although we perform regular routine backups of data, you are solely responsible for all data that is that you transmit or that relates to any activity you have undertaken using the site. So 
it it's very weird. It's, I think it's saying like if you put your postal if you put your address on the site and then people start sending you mail, that's kind of on you. Um, you shouldn't have done that, which I kind of understand. Regular backups of the data is weird. Again, that's it's Dan practice usually. You have redundancies um, in server raids usually. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not too too weird. But then there's this part. You agree that we shall have no liability to you for any loss or corruption of such data. And you hereby waive any right of action against us arising from any such loss or corruption of such data. So I think what's that's, what that's saying is if you make a lot of banger tweets or whatever they're going to be called on this, and then <laughs> something happens on the server and they all get deleted, you can't be angry at them or sue them. But it also doesn't mention what happens with data breaches. I mean, they mention emails, and that's it. But, I mean, it's every week that one of these big tech companies has some rightful controversy about the misuse of data, and this doesn't really discuss that as well as you should want. Um, it's also just, all of it is weirded, worded weirdly. <laughs> Mess those two up there. Uh, I'm sure a lawyer did all of this. I'm sure an actual lawyer did do all of this. But it's all just very weird and off-putting. And Man, no one's going to read this, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably the only people who are reading this for the sake of, you know, discussing it, yeah. Um, so yeah, those two parts I wanted to discuss. Uh, very worry, worrisome, worryful. Makes worrisome. me worry. Yeah, I'm uh, again probably not going to sign up to this, even though Brendan said when and not if. <laughs> Are there any other parts of this you, you guys wanted to look at? So I'm just looking at, like, for instance, um, Twitter's uh, terms of service, which are very long and exhaustive. Um, I did do a quick search for class action to make sure that they didn't have a uh, a, a waving a waving of your of a class action lawsuits. They don't, it seems. Um, this is based on a cursory check. If I am wrong, consult your lawyer. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem like they have that sort of thing. So clearly, this is a one of those things where they're trying to jump the shark before the girl. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's all just so, so strange and goes against most of what we understand social media to be. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand what is going on here. I mean, obviously, it, it's Trump's way of saying, well, you know, I can start my own social media platform. But the other side of that is, do we think that he's aware of how difficult it is to run a social media platform? I mean, we see misinformation and stuff like that all the time on on the likes of Twitter and Facebook. But the other side is that we do, there's a lot that we don't see because Facebook and Twitter are removing content constantly. Um, there's a reason that you don't see as much uh, violent content as we used to on Facebook and Twitter and other social media. And that's because there are hundreds of moderators whose job it is to trawl through all the disgusting stuff that is online and remove it. Does Trump, interesting. I, don't so, know, I don't know if Trump is aware that you need moderators. Um, and if he is aware of that, how is he going to approach this? And what are the rules for moderation? Because you can't just have anything online because eventually the authorities are going to come knocking on your door, much as we saw with Parler and the FBI asking Parler to hand over uh, data regarding regarding people who were involved in the insurrection. And you can't turn those authorities down. 
right? In some instances, yes, you can. If you're in a place where there's the US has no jurisdiction, great. I mean, we saw this with um, Rocket Mail, where they had to hand over um, data to French authorities because the Swedish government told them to do it, to comply with the request from the French authorities. So in that instance, you are sort of protected uh, from liability in a sense where your government, the, the, the US government might not have jurisdiction, but that doesn't seem to be the case here. It, every single one of the addresses that are listed in the terms of service are all based in the United States, which means that the government does have jurisdiction. And if you, if somebody, if, the FBI comes a knocking and says, you need to hand over your data, then you need to hand over your data. There's no like, oh, maybe we can discuss. No, you've got to hand that stuff over. And in addition to that, how is uh, Truth Social going to handle its transparency reports? Because as users, you have a right to know when your data has been requested. Is is Parler, or, sorry, is Truth going to tell you that? There are so many aspects to this in this modern day and age that there's a reason folks don't just start social platforms anymore because they are incredibly complex. Or maybe I'm just talking out of my butt. Robin, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, companies advisors have really thought this through. I'm not too sure what kind of tech background uh, any of them have. But again, as we kind of mentioned at the top of this, it seems more like an effort to stay in the quote-unquote national conversation and best case scenario uh, from our perspective is that this crashes and burns uh, worst case scenario is that it gets a lot of traction and crumbles under its own weight because it hasn't considered all the technical elements that are involved running a social media platform so yeah it's uh I'm not too sure how, if they really thought about all the components that go around it. Well, something that could be good is that if it's successful, um, all, the, uh, all the people who have some uh, problematic viewpoints will just move to there. We don't have to see them on Twitter and Facebook. Ooh, what, I think they're going to run into... Sorry, I just saw something that I think they're going to run into trouble with. So if you look at their uh, GDPR policy, there's a statement here that says, our company collects your data so that we can... Uh, create your account, email you special offers. But then there's a section that says, track your visits to our website for advertising and analytics. Apple's not going to let them do that. Because no, Apple doesn't allow you to track, or doesn't allow apps to track users anymore. And did anyone tell Trump and Co. that uh, if you put in any payment things and you offer it on the uh, Apple store, you have to give them 30%. Uh, I'm sure that they are aware of that because oh, I mean, sure? <laughs> every, everybody is aware of that, Clinton. I everybody. Mean, even, even Epic was aware of that when they just flouted that rule. But obviously, I mean, he, like we said, he's friends with Tim Apple. He's on a first name basis with him. Um, so, yeah, this is really more and more. The more we scratch at this, the more I'm just shocked at like basic things that they don't seem to understand. And yeah, this is ah. Uh, you can't you can't track analytics on or advertising and analytics with uh, Apple anymore. Well, you can, but you have to ask users to give their permission. And as we've seen over the years, just today, Snap, or just this week rather, Snap announced that those uh, restrictions had affected their bottom line through advertising. So, I mean, you can't just track people, 
and Apple is going to cull you right in your tracks for doing that. Uh, well, just, just on Apple, quick. Mm. Um, does Trump and company know that Apple just can deny them from being on the App Store? Oh, I don't think they do. Uh, I, uh, I might be mistaken here, but Apple actually doesn't need a reason. It's a private company, and if they don't want your app on their store, they can just not have you. I mean, what's what's the? It's, there's some law in America, right, of uh, refusal of service or something. Mm-hmm. Every store in America is private property, and you can walk in, and the store can just say, "No, we're not going to serve you," and that's perfectly legal. Yeah. Uh, and that applies not just to physical stores, but online stores too. They they can re- refuse to serve you if they just don't like your eye color. And that's not discrimination. They can just re- uh, refuse you service for any reason they want, and that's legal. Again, we're not lawyers, but that's how I understand it. And Apple can just say, no, we, do, we don't want you on our platform. Uh, we have precedent because um, Twitter and Facebook already banned you. And, even though it's not just Trump putting this together, it's, mm. it's a new platform. They can just say, no, we don't like your whatever uh, uh, Trump is going to be on the board of directors or the CEO or whatever. They can just say no. They can just uh, cross their arms and say no. And then what, what are they going to do? Are they going to put out on an illegal, what did, it's not called an APK for Apple phones, but are they going to have like an illegal side loader um, for this app? And then seventy-year-old racists in the deep south of America need to learn how to sideload apps on an iPhone. Well, so that's the other side of this, right? <clears throat> Is that Apple has banned apps from its app store. It banned Parler earlier this year because of what was happening there, and Parler was not policing its its uh, platform correctly. So the same thing could happen here. I mean, hell. Tumblr was kicked off of the App Store because you could find adult content if you looked for it on Tumblr's store. Even though Tumblr, or Tumblr's website, or Tumblr's app, even though Tumblr was not explicitly an Apple or a, a adult content application, it was still kicked off of the App Store because you could access adult content there and there was no appropriate like warning and such on uh on Tumblr's page. So Tumblr just decided to scrap out all content altogether. We saw how well that went. So what's going to happen with with Truth? Are they going to tow Apple's line and make sure that there's no adult content, there's no hateful content, there's no uh, incitement to violence? And I don't know if that's going to happen because from what I've seen anecdotally from the far right and conservatives is that they are looking for a place where they can express these uh, these vitriol and hateful thoughts, right? We've seen it on Gab, we've seen it on Parler, and on uh, alternative video platforms such as Odyssey, where it's any anything goes. And you can't have that if you want to be available on the Google app, on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, because you need to abide by the rules that are set forward by those marketplaces. And if you don't, as you rightly said, Clinton, they'll just kick you off. They got nothing to lose by kicking you off of their platform. They don't need your platform on there because there are hundreds of others that are paying the bills for them. So. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that this is Trump's thing, but I don't think I think that he believes his name is more important than it is and ha- carries more clout than it does. And it really doesn't in the greater scheme of things because rules are rules. Trump, you saw this with Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. Oh, but they're just keep keeping him down, Brendan. Mm. 
Can you imagine if Trump switches to um, to Apple? If Trump switches to uh, Android because he finds out that the iPhones are just too locked down when it comes to apps, and he makes a big push for all of his supporters to switch to Android, Google will have such a laugh. Can you imagine? Or he starts selling phones with his app already installed. I, I remember there was a... The Freedom Phone. Yes, the Freedom Phone. I was trying to remember the name. Thank you, Brendan. For those who don't know, the Freedom Phone was... Oh, I don't know what to say here, so I don't get sued. Basically, the Freedom Phone was a no-name Chinese phone that ran Android that this young kid figured out he could make a lot of money off of Republicans by saying you could buy this phone and no apps are blocked or anything. But it was just an Android phone. Yeah. <laughs> And you could just sideload apps, as you can do with most Android phones. Uh, it was hilarious. And he made, I can't remember if it was Kickstarter or anything. He made a lot of money. Let me look that up. But can you imagine if he, if Trump, like, endorses the Freedom Phone or something? Or he just sells his own phones and says, Trump like... phone. Yeah, like the Trump stakes, phone. but worse. It's still a Freedom Phone website. Can I'm I buy surprised it? didn't call it Trump Social. Holy hell. Guys, this no-name Chinese phone... How much do you think it is? I think it was like five hundred US, wasn't it? It's, you're exactly right. It's four ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. Oh my god! Due to overwhelming demand, new orders were only shipped in November. Order now to secure your device. And this is just—I don't want to get into it now. But basically, overseas uh, in China, there are companies who. Uh, what's it called when they make like a blank slate product and then companies can put their own branding on it? Uh, it happens a lot for laptops as well. I can't remember the name for it. Basically, is it D-Badge? No, it's not D-Badge. Yeah, there's a special word for these kind of manufacturers where they pump out these clone products and then you can basically license them and they'll put a stamp on the back and then that's your branded phone. It happens, like I said, it happens a lot with laptops. And that's what this product is. It's just an Android phone. Oh, OS, clear OS. Isn't that a free operating system? I think, uh, yeah, I think it, it is just it, a... It just side load. It's a Linux distro. But it's just, this is an Android phone that just has Linux on it, or Linux. I don't want to get into that conversation. So yeah, if this, this kid is probably rolling in it. My God, he's probably laughing. Every day he wakes up and just laughs to himself in the mirror like the Joker. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, anyway, let's move on. Um... So, as Robin mentioned, we don't know much more about Truth Social at the moment. Um, yeah. I would love to see what happens when this launches. We don't have a launch date yet, do we, uh, Robin? Just the broad window of 2022. Yeah. So, we'll have to see what happens in 2022. Uh, I don't have much faith that this is going to going to go well. Um yeah, I, I think we've made that pretty apparent. Uh, I I will sign up for it just to uh, kick kick the tires and see what's happening, and then promptly delete my account uh, as I did with Parler and Gab because uh, you don't want your details <laughs> locked up in one of these websites when they inevitably get hacked. Um, you just use a burner email. Yeah, I, I and make no mistake, I I stand by that statement that until they get hacked because they will eventually get hacked. Um, just looking at the terms of service and Trump's history in technology, which is not very good. Cyber, you mean? Sorry? Cyber, you mean? Or cyber. I mean, like, he, what did he have? Cyber. Trump Online University, didn't he? And that didn't go very well. Or was it just Trump University? 
Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good that's a good way to put it, Clinton. Who cares? Because it didn't do very well, and nobody cared. Um, and I, I'm really hopeful that truth goes the same way, especially when you look at things like how Parler and Gab have just faded into obscurity. I'm sure there are people that use them, but not on the same level that Facebook and uh, and Twitter are used. The other side of this is how is this place going to monetize itself? You're just oh, yeah, going to have a whole kettle of fish. We didn't even have time to discuss. How are yeah. they going to actually make money? I mean, you've got to have drumsticks. Oh yeah, of course. Oh, we're so silly, man. And then selling art of the deal. Exactly. Yeah. You guys aren't business people like me and Trump. That's <laughs> can, you, can you imagine that uh, you actually can't use this service without paying? It's going to be like a gated pay community. I mean, people have been asking for a Twitter subscription for a long time now. So maybe, maybe. Use loose, maybe. Yeah. Man, I'm looking at the screen. We didn't even talk about the like screenshots that they have of this app. It looks exactly like Twitter. We were just using Twitter as a comparison because that's what Trump loved. But these screenshots are just Twitter. <laughs> oh, my God. They have a pre-order page on the App Store, on the um, Apple App Store. And it just looks, oh, my God. It looks, can Twitter sue them for like a copyright infringement of the UI? Because this is just Twitter. So if... If it's found that uh, Truth Social has used, um, used like some app or some of Twitter's code, mm. uh, then I think there would be grounds for a a legal a legal case. Um, I wonder if the UI though can be copyrighted or trademarked in America. I don't know. I, d- I don't know. Have you oh my goodness! This is exactly Twitter. Yeah, I, have you guys looked at this? I mean, it sounds like I'm overblowing it now. No. But- you're right. They even have the little thing that says following in followers. They even break it out between um, posts, mentions, media, and likes. They even have a trending page. The search looks very similar. The DM messages look very similar. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this it was just like doctored screenshots of... Yeah, uh, five of, minutes in Photoshop. Yeah. And wow. why did they use Jack's beard as the... Because the why? name is at Jack. Like Jack Dorsey. Oh my God, Twitter. don't lie. I yeah. actually can't see that because the, the pictures so are a bit small. Yeah, the, the handle is at Jack. Don't joke. For those who don't know, at Jack is the creator of Twitter. That's his Twitter handle. Jack Dorsey, it's right? Yeah. It is Jack, right? Yeah, it is yeah. at Jack. It is at Jack. Yeah, at Jack is like one of the first accounts that was ever created. And again, for those who don't know... Twitter handles that are at and then just like a simple first name are really highly sought after. And if you have one, you can sell it for a lot of money. That's why the at Jack, I didn't see that. That's such a good catch. I, I just read something now. Sorry. On that same page, Clinton, there's yeah. a there's a, there's a chat under the chat. It says, hey, at Jane, can you please have our moderation team take down that account and its posts? And oh, then at Jane God. responds, at Jack, are you sure you want to do that? I mean, it's a pretty big deal cons- uh, censoring that. I can't read this. Yeah, uh, kind of an overreach. Kind of an overreach, right? And then he responds with I'll just take, take it, it down. down. Oh, my God. I need to read through these screenshots because it probably has more of that thinly veiled. Oh, my God. This was such a gold mine that we didn't discover until right now. Oh, my good. And then there's even shots fired at Elon Musk. What is going on? What is this page? Chevy trucks. And it's not Chevy. Chevy needs to sue them. Uh, we should send an email to <laughs> Relay after this. 
We're going electric. We know that the vehicle just start with our favorite classic, the Chevy Tahoe. And it's not even like, oh, because Chevy is kind of, it's, it's Chevrolet. It's not Chevy, yeah. but it even says Chevy Tahoe, which is an actual, is Chevy trucks a real Twitter account? Chevy trucks, because I could wow. see them. Wow. Chevy trucks is a real account, at Chevy trucks. Is it verified? Yes, it's, a, it's an official offshoot of Chevrolet. Okay, yeah. We, this, we, I, I think we, we've just uncovered a pretty big can of worms here. Who is, who is at Jane on Twitter? Like the real account, at Jane. Somebody who uh, was very clever and very early to join the party. The first account that comes up is Jane Goodall, but I'm just going to... Uh, at Jane is a suspended account. Okay. Uh, Maybe that's why they used at Jane. Maybe it was somebody else who was suspended. Oh, this is like its own story in itself. I think we should oh definitely... I, I'm going to take screenshots of this because it might get taken down. And I'm yeah. going to say that we should probably just email uh, Chevrolet and see what they have to say about this. Okay. We'd be distracted now. We got sidetracked. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. Oh, okay. Can of worms, definitely. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up. Um don't don't join Truth Social just for your own sanity and for your own safety. Um, new social media is rife with uh, uh, attacks on it, um, and that's from a cybersecurity perspective, not just us voicing our opinions. Um, if you do want to join Truth Social, do so at your own risk. Uh, obviously, we don't have any say in what you do in your personal time, but our advice is maybe don't. Just maybe don't. Um uh, anybody else have any closing thoughts? Robin? Yeah. Um, don't trust Donald Trump. It, it, it's just not a wise thing to do. Um, he's only interested in his last name and ensuring that it's in the news as long as possible. Uh, perhaps we're to blame for that, uh, covering his stuff as well. But yeah, just don't trust Donald Trump. Clinton? What else is there to say, dude? <laughs> I think that's you summed it up. What else is there to say? Um, yeah, Donald Trump, best of luck to you. I'm going to watch this with uh, a, a large amount of glee. Um, yeah, <laughs> man, at Jack. Please take this content down. Anyway, uh, that's going to wrap it up from us here at uh, Hypertext. Thank you so much for tuning into the AfriCast once again. Uh, from myself, Brendan Lodge, Cheerio, from Clinton Matos. Roddy. And from Robin Lee Chessy. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next week. Cheerio. Bye. Cheers. Whether you like a full keyboard, 10 keyless, or you simply want more RGB blossoming out of your desk, Logitech has a keyboard for you. Taking the complexity out of mechanical keyboards, Logitech uses Roma G and GX switches, which offer a range of tactile fields ranging from ultra-silent keys to the clicky-clack sound of GX Blues. Whether you're looking for a more comfortable typing experience or want to try something new, head to rootware.co.za to find your next Logitech keyboard.